0: Andrew? Yeah. Um. Before we get started, I, I have a question. Sure, and, yeah. Uh, I have the uh, Schofield. And okay. In the introduction, it's talking about, you know, the, the letter. And it says, no longer writing as an apostle, but as an elder. John addresses this letter not to the church as such, but to a faithful man in the church. Yeah. So, it, I mean... It, wasn't he like always an apostle? Why would he write oh. as an apostle?
1: Boy, you come out with a, <laughs> a hard question right at the start here. <laughs> no. no, I think um, I think what it is. Yes, he's he's still an apostle. He's one of the original twelve, and he um, he's just and that's the 60 years past, right has passed now we're in the 90s 90 AD 95 AD they say that he even wrote the book of revelation prior to this so he's been he was on the island of patmos and they let him go and now he's back maybe yeah i kind of think he's in ephesus like retired and he has he has a correspondence ministry at this point it sounds like cuz he's writing to a lot of people um, I don't think he's, some say he's the elder of the church of Ephesus, so he could be leading that church, so he, he's an elder, but he's still an apostle, he could have very well uh, started out this letter saying John, an apostle, just like Paul does, he he certainly could have done that, because that's his station, but he's also an elder, and you know, Paul's an elder too, so... Uh, so he just he uses his more personal title there, uh, if a title at all, really right um, so that 's why does that make sense?
0: Yes, and thank you for clarifying that
1: yeah and i 'm just looking at the first epistle, oh yeah, that uh, you know when we studied the first letter of john he didn't even he didn 't even mention himself there no. he 's very inf- he 's uh, more informal. Than than Paul, and especially with these people, he's just writing to two individuals, you know. So that yeah, I think that's the the reason. But he's still an elder, certainly. Okay, I'll. Uh, we're in the third book of John, um, and it only takes two weeks, and um, Bob will cover the the second half of the book uh, in after Christmas and after New Year's, but. Um, I have to do an introduction, plus I have to do these eight verses. So we have to, so there's a lot, of, there'll be a lot of cramming up front. And then when we get to the verses, it's, it kind of goes uh, more smoothly. So uh, I'll read 1 through 8 of Third John. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when the brethren came and testified to your truth, that is, how you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than this, than to hear my children walking in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers, and they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore we ought to support such men, so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Third John 1-8 through 8 there. Um, Ironside's outline of the third letter of John. There's 14 verses. So, uh, part A is this man named Gaius. He addresses him. Part B is... He addresses, um, uh, not directly, but he talks about uh, diastrophes, um, uh, and then he talks about Demetrius, another fellow, and then he concludes. So there's three men in this letter. Uh, two are positive, one negative. Uh, uh, Diatrephes is, is the one that he addresses in the negative. So who is Gaius? Um, and I have to kind of dip into... Um, I'm doing Gaius, but, and Bob will cover uh, Diotrephes, and uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right now, uh, and then Demetrius, but I have, to, I have to describe all three of these men because it's in our context for uh, this morning. So Gaius. Gaius is mentioned in Acts 19... Uh, there was a riot in Ephesus, right, when the gospel was having great success and people were turning away from their uh, idols of Artemis and Demetrius, the silver forger, the uh, you know, the craftsman of these idols, got upset because that affected his business. So he incited a riot and... Uh, One of the verses where Gaius is mentioned is 29 and 30 of Acts 19. The city was filled with confusion and they rushed with one accord into a theater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. And when Paul wanted to go into the assembly, uh, perhaps to rescue these guys, the disciples would not let him but he got out okay. I don't think Gaius, I think they got beaten up, Gaius and Aristarchus. Another Gaius, or perhaps the same Gaius, I think it's the same Gaius here, is mentioned right after this uh, this event in Acts 20. Um, so they are traveling along with Paul, and they wait for him in Troas, up, up north there, because Paul went over to Macedonia. So Acts 24, and he was accompanied by Sopater of Berea and the son of Ph- uh, Phyrus, and by Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy and Tychus and Trophimus of Asia. So we could say that this guy uh, was from Derby, uh, which is way over to the west in what was Galatia, kind of near Antioch, where Paul was from. But now he's, you know, around in in Ephesus here. But he could be traveling with Paul, and that could be the reason. There was a Paul, there was a, I'm sorry, there was a Gaius mentioned at the end, the very end of Romans, the book of Romans, which we'll see uh, when we get there. (laughs) Romans chapter 16, we won't be there for a while, but uh, in the 10 a.m. class. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you, uh, as do Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen. Um, I, Tertius, who write this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, host me, and the whole church greet you. Eurastus, the city, greets you, and Cortus, the brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So here was Gaius. He was in uh, He was in Corinth here. And it looked like he was hosting Paul. Um, Finally, there's a Geist mention in the opening passages of 1 Corinthians. Um, And that, here's uh, 1 Corinthians 11 through 17. And I won't read it all, but it's that section where Paul says, you know, is there a division in in Christ? You know, some of you are saying, I am of Paul. Some of you are saying, I am of Paul. Apollos, some of you are saying, "I of Peter, or I of Christ?" Has Christ been divided? Um, and he says, I, th- "I thank God that I baptized none of you except for Crispus and Gaius, and that none of you should say that you were baptized in my name." So he's trying to to end these divisions within the uh, Corinthian church here. And you know, is this the same Gaius as? Our guide today? Uh, we don't know. Um, so that's the question. Main question is Is this the same Gaius who was beat up in Ephesus, who waited for Paul in Troas after that riot in Ephesus? And is it the same Gaius who hosted Paul in Corinth while Paul wrote the letter to the Romans? Um, and if so, was that the same Gaius that Paul baptized? Now those two things are probably true. This Gaius who was in Corinth hosting Paul is got baptized by him. That makes a lot of sense. We just don't know if it's our guys today. Um, and that's a good question: which are they the same guys? I prefer yes. I think that this Gaius was traveling around with Paul all these years, and um, and so now Paul is gone, and uh, Gaius is continuing. You know, doing what he's doing, this this missionary, this work that he has of hosting, uh, hosting uh, traveling ministers. So, what's uh, we're still in the introduction phase here, but what's Third John, Third Book uh, Letter of John, in uh, what's it about in a nutshell? Um, Ironside says, and this is good. It acts as a corollary to the Second Letter of John. And that is, if you, we remember back to studying the second letter, he's talking to a chosen lady. And he's saying, don't take these guys, these uh, these apostates, these antichrists, into your home. Don't be hospitable to them. You know, don't even uh, give them a proper godspeed or greeting. You know, get as far away as you can from these guys. Whereas in third John, Uh, The opposite, he's teaching that by all means Gaius should show hospitality and fellowship with um, preachers, with ministers who are in the truth or with the truth. Um, The man at the end of this letter, Demetrius, is endorsed by John. And John says that Demetrius is from the truth itself and that Demetrius should be supported so two things, you know, to the, to the chosen lady, he's saying, get them away from you this way because they're false teachers. Third John, he's saying, uh, support these men because they're true teachers. And uh, it's a corollary to second John. Uh, this letter is a letter about missionary support and hospitality. Uh, so long as the missionary um, or the minister... Is uh, a true minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and not a deceiver. As we remember in uh, 2 John, you know, he talks about these uh, false teachers as deceivers, as apostates, as antichrists. So John encourages warm hospitality to these ministers of the gospel. Then he, uh, we should look at contrast, uh, and John provides a contrast to to what guys should do, and that's uh, that's a uh, uh, diotrephes, di, di um, D-I-O-T-R-E-P-H-E-S. I'll spell it for the people on the internet, and and they can pronounce it um, uh, correctly if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Um, diotrephes. But anyway, John gives a testimony against the way that. Diotrephus handles uh, these ministers. So who is Diotrephus quickly? Um, he was the elder or self-appointed leader of an unnamed church in which John apparently wrote to. Um, his name means nourished of God. And um, and he had an incredible ego. We'll see all this in, in a couple of weeks when Bob takes these verses in verse 9. He loves to be the first among them. He had a lot of brass or moxie. Uh, he unjustly accused, um, John says he, had, he unjustly accused us with wicked words. And by that I think he means himself and perhaps Gaius in verse 10. Um, he was inhospitable towards the brethren in verse ten. He had a power complex putting those who are hospital hospitable um, to traveling ministers out of the church in the style of excommunication. so Arnold uh, Gabelline, Arno Gabeline, in his little intro to Third John, calls him a pope in embryo, or you know the beginnings uh-huh. of the papacy. Because he was acting like a pope trying to excommunicate people from his church. Um, Demetrius, who's Demetrius? Uh, Apparently he's uh, the itinerant preacher in question of this letter. And he's a preacher of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. He had the truth, verse 12. He had good reputation among everyone he came into contact with, verse 12 of 3 John. And he was endorsed by John um, in verse 12. So, that's Diotrephes and Demetrius. And Gaius is our man that we're studying this, this morning. So, verses 1 and 2. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. And that's the salutation uh, John again uses this this uh, his title as elder, and his he calls everyone beloved, beloved of God. And I think, uh, Gaius, if he knew him personally, I, I don't know, or maybe he heard about him and he's just writing to him. But he's he's personally uh, beloved by John. This this guys. So it's both by God and by John. And that's consistent with how John writes First John and Second John. I said, I kind of thought, these are his calling cards by using the words beloved and referring to himself as an elder. Um, he prays that he may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So prosper is to have an increase in success. Um... Good health, he wishes him good health, as you see up there in, in verse uh, 2. Um, good health is hugiano, and that's our only uh, Greek word today, so it'll be easy today. So hugiano is the good health. And you see the we get our, I think we get our word hygiene, right, from English word hygiene from hugiano. And that uh, means soundness of being, free from disease, um, the book of Luke uh, or Luke uses this word "hugiano" three times first uh, you know Christ himself he, Christ says that the the it's not the sick who, who it's not the well who need a physician it's the sick and that's why he's here he's the great physician but he uses the word koudiano Christ does and then when the centurion's slave was was healed you know they went up and they found that he was in good hugiano good health and then thirdly the prodigal son when he was came home you know they checked him over and he was in found in good health so that's our word hugiano now paul uses it eight times but differently his use of the word in in 1 Timothy 2 Timothy and Titus are all ex- exhortations to be uh, in good health spiritually. So he uses, when he says sound doctrine, sound words, and sound teaching, and he says that eight times to Timothy and Titus. And that sound, that word for sound is Huguiano. Um, so the soul is prop- prospering and in good health. And that we know because uh, John says it several times. He's very pleased with Gaius. Um, so John is praying that his bodily condition might be made to follow. Um, uh, uh, who was I listening to last night? Um, uh, McGee, uh, J. Vernon McGee, said that he thought that Gaius was in poor health, very poor health. So that's why John uh, prays for his good physical health. Um, but we don't know that. Maybe he, John is just saying... I. I hope you, you know, I wish you health like a lot of people do. Um and I was wondering I don't know the answer to this, but our it seems that um like the Holly Hills, let's take our fellowship. Everyone's soul is very healthy and 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 people are are spiritual and and I never think about people's really spiritual condition, because it's always in good health. But people's physical health uh, is a different uh, different uh, story. We're always praying for, you know, people. Uh, that's all our prayers, really, is for health. So I wonder if those are opposite. If you're in good health, I don't know, your, your, the health of your soul is not so great, but who who knows? I was just wondering that. So it's something to think upon. Um, I was thinking, this sounds like Mr. Spock. Doesn't uh, live long and prosper? Uh, when John says, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health. I just thought of that. It sounds like the same, uh, much the same salutation and wish. Um, so, three and four. Uh, Third John three and four, uh, John says, "For I was very glad when the brethren came and testified to your truth, that is how you are walking in truth." I've no greater joy than this than to hear my children uh, are are walking in the truth, and that we've seen in in the second of John when he's talking to the chosen lady and specifically about her children. Um, he says the same thing. He's very glad. It brings me joy to hear that, you know, his spiritual children plus the children of the chosen lady are walking in the truth. Um, as I say in point one here is the exact same sentiment um, he gives to the chosen lady. Walking in the truth, we looked at that in Second John, that walking is peripateo, and it's just the treading of feet, and here we are treading the feet in the in the realm of truth. Um, it's our daily walk in our conduct of life. Uh, this phrase, "the brethren came and testified to your truth," um, that was the occasion of believers in John's fold coming to him and testifying or what was the occasion of believers in John's fold coming to him and testifying to the faithfulness of Gaius. So a lot of people were giving John a phone call, you know, whatever, not a phone call, but they were coming by and telling John how faithful Gaius was. But we'll look at that um, in 5 and 6, which is really 5 and 6 is the crux of this third John letter the occasion of the letter so in 5 and 6 john says beloved talking to guys you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren and especially when they are strangers and that they have testified to your love before the church you will do well to send them on in a worthy manner in a matter, manner worthy of god So, I say this is the crux of the letter because this is the issue um, that Geist has. Um, It was right here in 5 and 6. We're talking about these men who are itinerant or traveling preachers. Their gospel is true and correct, according to John's endorsement. Itinerant, I had to just simply look this word up because I thought it was a pejorative term Intel, uh, uh, I studied this. and So you look up itinerant in the dictionary, and iter means a way o- of a journey, way or journey. So an itinerary is the route of a journey that you write out, but an itinerant is one who travels along a way. And I always kind of had this thought that itinerant means, you know, hit or miss. Uh, a guy whose itinerant is... Maybe he'll be here, maybe he won't hit or miss, you know, but that's not the case. So the adjective is is a good adjective, it just means way or journey, so someone who goes along the way of a journey. Um, One thought about the occasion for John writing this letter is Gaius' confusion or lack of confidence um, in his action of providing hospitality to these traveling itinerant preachers. Um, and John must assure Gaius that he is indeed acting faithfully and is in the truth. And you see that up in verses uh, 5 and 6. That seems to be the, the the core of what John needs to tell Gaius and to reassure him. Um, because possibly, and this is a possibility, that Gaius was given a uh, rebuke by, by Diotrephus, um, and he was quite upset about it, um, leading Gaius to ask himself if he had done the right thing, or am, am I aiding and abetting these vagrant, vagabond, town-to-town preachers? You know, have I acted in the wrong? So that could have been his the reason that he wanted to seek counsel from John here, um, because this Diotrephes really came down on him pretty hard, and which we'll see in uh, the second part of the this uh, letter in a couple weeks. Um, so, Gaius has a great spiritual gift, and that is. He, uh, I think it's a ministry of, uh, I guess you'd call it helps. Um, he has an exceptional heart for hospitality and hosting these traveling saints, um, especially, um, especially if the guys we're talking about here is the same guys who hosted Paul so well in Corinth while Paul stayed with him for a year and a half um, and Paul wrote the letter to the Romans. This could be the same Gaius which says that this is this man's modus operandi. You can see he's he's a man of means and he, he uh, is always hospitable. Um, and stranger, uh, this word xenos, I guess we have three Greek words in this lesson, don't we? Xenos means a foreigner or alien. One without a share in your community or association. So if you're xenophobic, that's been in the news a lot. Um, it means you're afraid of foreigners and aliens. So continuing on with verses uh, 5 and 6. Uh, apparently Along with the uh, Demetriuses of the world, the good preachers who traveled in town to town, there were a lot of false teachers uh, that had risen up and were also making the circuits uh, alongside the good teachers. So um, think of Paul. Paul was an itinerant. He was a, a traveling minister, a traveling preacher. So basically, Demetrius uh, was doing the same thing as, as Paul. Um, these men are on the move uh, like missionaries. They don't have a fixed church base. Um, and they, this Diotrephes might have been driven mad because they were informal. And they were freelancing. They were freelancing the gospel instead of being in in a you know a, a nice church and he uh, being in charge of a body and you know Diotrephes could have been a formal man. One if he would if someone came in needing hospitality he'd probably want that minister to have letters of commendation from another high flute and um, um, elder, right? And maybe uh, if Diotrephes sent out a minister of the gospel, maybe he wanted to give him a seal of his signet ring, you know, to say, "Hey, this is, man is from me, Diotrephes, and he's good." So accept him in in your home. But that's not the case. These guys were. Kind of uh, unknowns who were just out there, which was good. John, John liked this. Um, so, guys seeks a commendation from John. He had that now in this letter, um, and then so so John, and we'll see this uh, in a couple weeks. But he writes to Diotrephes to set him straight. Um, but then Diotrephes um, had this. Have the gall, I call it the uh, pharisaic, like a pharisee, hubris to challenge John and take on this great apostle. Imagine doing that. Imagine thinking you know more than the the original apostle John who was called out by Jesus Christ personally and put into the ministry. You know, come, I'll make you fishers and men. And you're going to go up against that guy? So John's very humble, but then he 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 has to put this guy in the, his place, you know. He has to pull out his apostolic authority, and we'll see that in a couple weeks here. Um, note that in verse six up there, that people and I mentioned this before, but a lot of people were coming to John and testifying of Gaius' faithfulness, so that he had a he had a reputation among everybody of being a faithful, hospitable man. And then he would he would not like the chosen lady, he would he wouldn't host the the false teachers. He would interview these guys and make sure they were teaching the truth and then he would host them. But he would kick them out or wouldn't have anything to do with the false teachers. Um So I thought of some parallels to this third John theme. I thought of the Good Samaritan story, uh, or Jesus washing his disciples' feet, Um, or when Christ talks about, in in Matthew 25, the judgment of the sheep and goats at the end of the age, um, or the entry into the kingdom. Uh, Christ says, For when I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat when I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, there's our word stranger, and you invited me in. And, you know, Gaius was one of, Gaius would have been one of the ones who gave Christ something to eat and gave him water when he was thirsty. Um, uh, from that, from that story in, um Matthew 25 there. Uh, the itinerant preacher—I I think I've established this uh, previously—but the man at the the man at the bottom of this letter, Demetrius, is the itinerant preacher in question. So it could be that Guy Trafice, um had it in for Demetrius because he was this traveling preacher, and he kicked him out. But um, Gaius hosted him. So um, the one that Diotrephes is, is rebuking Gaius for is probably Demetrius. Not sure, but you know, that makes the most the most sense. So in seven and eight now, John, third John seven and eight, for they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore we ought to support such men, so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. So, this going out in the sake of the name, let's look at that a little. Um, the name uh, connotates all things wrap, wrapped up in, a, uh, in the rank, authority, interests, commands, excellencies, deeds of a person. Um, all that is wrapped up into those things is is the name, um, and that's according to Strong. Um, so when it says for the sake of the name or Jesus's name, um, Strong says it's equivalent to defending, spreading, strengthening the authority of Christ. Isn't that what you're doing? Going out in the name of Christ, defending his uh, defending him spreading his gospel, strengthening the authority of Christ. And the the use of that phrase, the name, is all over scripture. Tons and tons of references. Uh, So we won't look at... uh, We'll just look at that and just trust me on that one uh, for this morning. Uh, Many, many. And even in the Old Testament, right? So when... Uh, John says accepting these traveling preachers were accepting nothing from the Gentiles, that's a good thing. Um, They would uh, depend on fellow believers, like-minded believers, for their support. And they would take nothing from the people who they were uh, proclaiming the gospel to. They wanted to make the gospel free of charge. And we learned in the 10 a.m. study in 2 Corinthians that Paul did the exact same thing, where he says in 2 Corinthians 11.7, Did I commit a sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted? because I preached the gospel to you free of charge? In fact, I robbed other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. And when I was present with you and in need, I was a burden to none. For what I lacked the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied. So he, anything lacking, he would depend on the believers from Macedonia to give him financial support so he could um, minister to the yet unsaved uh, Corinthians. And then when they became saved, uh, help me out there, Roger, when they became saved he then asked them, he said, it's fine if you want to contribute to the poor, right, in Jerusalem, but only after they were uh, saved and, and they were believers.
0: Right.
1: So that's the principle.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Yeah, great. So, yeah, same, same, John mentions, it's the same principle as what we had in the second Corinthians. And that's what that phrase, accepting nothing from the Gentiles, which by John means the unbelievers. You know, not taking any of their money because uh, you know, they don't... It's, uh, God can't use an unbeliever's money in the ministry of the gospel. It doesn't make sense logically.
0: Well, that, that's one good reason for not uh, you know, I'm thankful at Holly Hills, we don't Really have a, a collection because then you get people that you don't really uh-huh. know whether they're a believer or not giving you money
1: oh yeah, right,
0: which is not, not a good thing
1: that's a good point i never I never thought about that in that way um, that's yeah because yeah, someone could be visiting right. and you don't know their spiritual condition, and uh, yeah they have they should come and if they identify yeah. After that. I kind
0: of like it sometimes. People will ask me, uh, Roger, where, how do I give in this church? <laughs> how do I do it? Let me point out what well, is there's a place to, you know, at the back of the church you can do that.
1: Yeah. And then, really, they should... Cause, and we have a lot of materials on uh, biblical giving, right? So right. what mind frame you are to be in when you biblically give and, you know, for your motivation and things like that. And it should always be a free-heartedness. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so, th- therefore, these wandering preachers who are of the truth or in the truth, um, and one of us deserve our support. Is is how we could uh, an application you could have for today. Um, I don't know. There's not a. A heck of a lot of wandering preachers anymore there yeah. could be
0: well, you know I was th- kind of thinking it's a different paradigm if that's a, the right word uh, yeah but, the, you know today we have we have communication, we have uh, good communication by mail, email, you know chat you know in, Instagram uh, texting you know we can communicate pretty easily well, yeah. those days they actually had to go. Physically, many times to different places to communicate. So it was a different situation. So they needed places to stay along the way, and people didn't yeah. to do that.
1: Yeah, and uh, McGee said, you know, um, back then in that first century, you know, they had inns like hotels. Right? But he said these inns were just, just dilapidated, just terrible places, dirty. Um, you think of where, the, the, you know, the Christmas story and, and, and the birth of Christ, uh, you know, uh, it's just not good places to stay, dangerous, a, eh? And then he said, McGee said, full of vice, you know, if you think right. about that. So, um, so when people could stay in a home, a private home, that's much right. better. And that's sort of what we're talking about here in Third John. So here's my final thought. Uh, Borrowed from Roger. Um, this is uh, from.
0: No, 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 not the thought, but
1: the. The format. Yes, the no, format, the the idea. Not the idea. I stole from you.
0: Um,
1: and this is really nice. How this uh, Bevere says it back in 1887. These guys are really say things well. So he says the witness born to guys is truth. And his walk in the truth must be noticed. And how blessed and wonderful the association with poor, wandering, despised teachers, our uh, preachers. They had gone out for the name. An aged, aged servant of, the, of Christ once said that of all employments, to go out across a country with the love of God in the heart and a Bible in the pocket was the most blessed not merely gone out to preach but gone out for the name the name that carries that, that name that carries everything with it and with with which we can bless with adoration notwithstanding that so many seducers have gone out too and guise received them thus cooperating with the truth it would be often said you must not encourage these kinds of people and that this thing could uh, become abused. It may be abused, like every good thing, but that is only a further proof that that there is such a thing as being employed, the highest of employments, as a wandering preacher of the truth of God. Gaius manifests the divine life in recognizing and receiving such men the Lord had sent them forth. And that's from that, that old Christian Friends magazine uh, that you can find uh, online. So, uh, I'll close in prayer here. Our Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for uh, guys, and we, uh, we thank you for his uh, faithfulness, and we have a lot to learn from his hospitality and his... Um, his enlarged heart, and uh, when to properly uh, support saints, and uh, but to keep our antennas up for for um, ministers or ministry, ministry, uh, missionaries who are who deny your deity and deny that you uh, you came in the flesh and deny the cross. Um, the, uh, that you died on the cross for our sins. And if they deny that, we should uh, not have any association with those people, but but take in people who who know the truth. And we thank you for this, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.